Hey, how are you doing, Zach? Good, good. How about yourself? Good, doing well, doing well. Welcome to the first ever, first official Golden Home Fitness Podcast. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> you got it, you got it. You're the MVP here. Um, all right, yeah, so um, let's get into it. So uh, just, you want to just uh, touch on basically like what got you interested in the personal training and fitness? Uh, basically, like why did you ever, like why are you a personal trainer? Um, and uh, like how did that even happen? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I think I've always known that I wanted to have a career that involved helping people and you know really getting to work intimately with people. Uh, so I spent a couple of years in the mental health industry. Um, and really enjoyed that, found uh, a lot of the work very meaningful, very challenging, but overall it was a little too sedentary. Um, and I've always been kind of an athlete and someone who was very involved in being active and kind of in fitness in general. Um, so when I kind of thought about a way to still work with people and incorporate a more active lifestyle, kind of personal training went hand in hand there. Um, so it was kind of an opportunity for me to use one of my favorite stress relieving techniques to kind of get in the gym and get exercising, but kind of give that, uh, to other people. Uh, and then the, the how, um, for me, it was, uh, kind of first about researching all the different possible certifications because, you know, there's all sorts of different ones that a personal trainer can get. And to me, it was important to, really try and get, in my mind, what was going to be the, the most challenging and rigorous of the certification. So I went with getting uh, my certified strength and conditioning specialist certification. Um, and to me, that was important because I just wanted to make sure, like, I took the most comprehensive approach uh, to it, and I want to do physical therapy in the future as well. And it seemed to me, too, to kind of take it as seriously as possible and kind of better myself for that future role as well. For sure. Yeah. Wow, that sounds good. Um, so, have, yeah. Have you seen any... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, too, and I think um, talking with people already in the field really helped confirm kind of which certifications seem to make the most sense for me. Uh, that's certainly something I'd recommend to anyone who's kind of considering it as well, because there's a whole bunch of different options and really getting to hear from different people what they liked about it, what they didn't, um, was, was super, super helpful. For example, uh, Although I thought the actual studying for that certification was great, like it, it, the textbook goes into a ton of detail and the test itself is pretty rigorous and challenging. Um, and I think you know that anyone who passes that is going to be a pretty competent trainer. I think the one drawback was that they don't have some sort of practical component in the certification, which is super common for all the certifications out there. But I think that would be something in the future I'd like to see uh, the industry going towards is having more of a practical component in addition to kind of this, uh, you know, more academic written exam. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Have you, so you were working before in mental health. Have you been able to take any skills or um, like understandings from that and apply that to your work one-on-one -on -one with clients as a personal trainer? Definitely. Yeah, I think um, that's something I was really grateful to have had that experience beforehand because uh, working in kind of different mental health roles really taught me, you know, if a client was having a really bad day, for example, how to kind of get them to be feeling better um, or, you know, let's say 
uh, client was just having uh, a ton of issues and really making it much more about getting to know who they are and rather than seeing them as kind of, uh, you know, a bunch of symptoms that you need to treat, it's really just treating the whole person. I think personal training is the same way. You really want to get to understand the individual, build a good relationship, um, kind of see the rewarding aspects in their progress, really help them to be kind of a better person. I think that's what it's all about, not just like we're going to get you fitter. Uh, I think it's it's the holistic approach that I kind of take from that previous position I had into kind of being a personal trainer now. That's awesome. Yeah, love that. Love that. Because um, it's such a great opportunity to do that um, in that one-on-one role. Um, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super important. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're definitely like you said, kind of a big role model, and I think the the better you can to kind of build self-efficacy in them from all angles, not just kind of the fitness realm. You know, the better uh, their their time will be. So. Cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, anything else you wanted to add on to that, or we can move on? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, ready to move on? Cool. Cool. Sweet. So yeah, we're gonna go through a couple uh, questions we'll frequently get from clients, friends, family. Um, so first one is gonna be a uh, person comes to you saying they can't they can't do any push-ups, uh, but they really want to be able to. Uh, how do they start? What's your mm-hmm. uh, recommendation? Yeah. Good question. Definitely something that I've seen uh, with some of my clients as well. It's like, okay, I've seen other people doing push-ups. How do I begin? Um, and I love the fact that people are wanting to do push-ups. It's a foundational movement to really work your chest, shoulders, and triceps and something you should probably be competent in before you go and do like a heavy bench press or anything like that. But uh, to start, you need to be able to hold a good plank. So a push-up is basically a moving plank. You're kind of pressing your arms while you're holding your core nice and rigid. Um, So it's all about building good core stability first, being able to kind of tuck your hips appropriately, pull your belly button in towards the spine, and maintain uh, kind of that straight plank the entire time that you're moving in your arms. Um, So if you can hold a good plank first, that's kind of the first key before I ever ask someone to do a push-up and make sure that they can do uh, a plank. And then... From there, I think it's about modifying the push-up so that it's a little bit easier. If you do push-ups all the way from the ground, that can be rather challenging. So the key is really uh, doing what we would call an incline push-up. So an incline push-up, you elevate your hands to a higher um, surface, and that way kind of there is uh, a little bit easier for you to kind of work your chest, shoulders, and arms Um, And people also kind of talk about doing, like, push-ups from your knees. I'm not as big of a fan of that modification. I think it teaches you the wrong biomechanics with how you want to kind of orient your hips and your core. I think you get a lot more bang for your buck if you can elevate your hands. But if you don't have some sort of surface like a table or a chair, you name it, anything like that, then maybe doing one from the ground but from your knees would be a good start too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um. And so there's a lot of these, just to follow up on that, a lot of these popular apps, like, you know, 100 push-ups a day. Um, yeah, I've had someone come to me ask, you know, like, hey, should I, I be doing this app, 100 push-ups a day? Like, what, in terms of someone's like, okay, that's great. But then, like, uh, how many do I do or, like, how often do I do them? Do you have any kind of, like, quick hits on mm-hmm. that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it depends what your goal is. If you're really looking to build a ton of endurance, then you need to be doing kind of, 
uh, a greater amount of push-ups at a given time, but not that many sets. If you're really looking to kind of build more size, uh, that might be something where you'd want it to increase the intensity of the push-ups and do more sets over time. But in general, I'm a big proponent of doing more back exercises than doing more kind of what we would call front chest exercises, kind of the anterior side of your body. Um, we really want kind of good back stability in order to be able to exert good force with our front. And so in my mind, you need to be doing more back work than uh, front work. So I would say, you know, push-ups two to three times a week at most, but more than that, doing plenty of kind of good rowing exercises instead would kind of be my um, big takeaway from, from your question. Yeah, yeah, that's key. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool, cool. So then um, it's actually a good transition. Uh, the next question, so let's say a different person comes up to you, they're like, hey, fall's coming up, bulking season, I want to put on some muscle. What are your top three tips um, for someone who's like, hey, I want to add a little bit of muscle, could be a guy like bulking or woman just wants to get toned and you know, mm-hmm. get built up in the right areas, even an older person who just, you know, wants to limit muscle loss or build up a little bit of muscle and increase functionality. What are your top mm-hmm. tips uh, for building muscle? Can I give you more than three? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you five. Uh, so in in my mind, it it comes down to five different things, sleep, nutrition, lifting, managing stress and sunshine. Uh, so I'll start with the first, you need to get adequate sleep. Uh, that's, you know, seven to nine hours for most people, uh, while you're sleeping, that's kind of your body's time to recover and rebuild muscle. So if you're really kind of shirking on your sleep, uh, it's going to be super tough. Nutrition wise. Uh, you need to be in a caloric surplus. You need to be getting in more calories uh, than you're burning if you want to kind of put on weight. And if you really want it to be kind of more muscle you're putting on, uh, it should be especially from good protein sources. Um, If people are looking for kind of like specifically how much they want to be having, I I tend to refer them to a registered dietitian just to make sure that they can kind of have it individualized for them. But roughly it's, you know, 0.6 0.6 grams to a gram per body pound uh, or per pound of body weight is roughly how much protein you need uh, in a given day. And then lifting. Uh, so your exercise needs to be lifting some heavy stuff three to five times a week. Um, they've shown that kind of increasing muscle mass, what's called hypertrophy, the idea behind it is you need to have both metabolic stress and mechanical loading. So the first one, metabolic stress, refers to kind of targeting that muscle group over and over and over. Uh, So rather than doing, for example, just one set of an exercise, you need to do several, maybe four, maybe five sets for you to really get that kind of metabolic fatigue. And then, like I said, to mechanical loading. So it's about kind of lifting heavy enough, but not necessarily too heavy. Um, So in that kind of six repetitions to 12 repetitions range, like I was saying for, you know, four or five, six sets, something around there for it to be kind of adequate lifting in order to induce that hypertrophy. And then stress, uh, managing stress is key. So if you're kind of in a heightened stress state, you're going to have a lot of cortisol running through your body that's going to be breaking down that muscle. So really trying to manage stress as best you can. Uh, Simple things like diaphragmatic breathing, going out with friends, getting plenty of sleep, stuff like that that we talked about. Um, and then lastly, uh, sunshine, 
So actually getting 20 to 30 minutes of, uh, you know, sun a day, which can be hard in the wintertime, obviously, especially if you live uh, up in New England like I do. Um, but 20 to 30 minutes can help regulate sleep, and it also is going to give you that vitamin D, which is critical to muscle repair and growth. So kind of those five different bullet points are, are key there for building muscle. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I would just add on the on the last thing too. Just anytime we're talking about like vitamin D or other stuff, you know, make sure ideally getting blood work done to know what your levels actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And things like that. Because um, I forget the exact percentage, but the majority of the population is vitamin D deficient. Um, yep. Especially in like, New England. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially in, in older uh, individuals and, and women too. It can be kind of a big concern as well. So, yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, that that goes too in general for, yeah, my vitamins and minerals in general, always good to get that blood work, know where you stand with everything and, and talk to a professional as well as if kind of you need assistance with uh, anything. So, Absolutely, yeah. That, uh, that could be a podcast onto itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, sweet. So um, we'll do move on to another question. So um, classic question, you know, summer's wrapping up, but this is always a goal. But uh, guy, girl, any person um, walks up to you, want to get that six-pack, what do you say? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely a combo, especially in the summertime. Um, uh, so first thing is, unfortunately, a lot of that has to do with genetics. Uh, let's face it, some people are going to carry a little bit more fat, and some people carry it in different areas and will lose it in different um, kind of speeds. Uh, and in different places, and that's not something that you can really influence uh, with training or with dieting. But beyond that, the biggest thing, and they, they kind of say abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Uh, and I couldn't agree with that more. A huge part of kind of really looking nice and toned um, and shredded has to do with eating well. So eating the right amount of calories and from the right sources. And again, it's you know, people are really kind of concerned about that, talking to a registered dietitian is the key, but making sure that you're getting your kind of calories from good stuff. So uh, good protein sources, good fat sources, good carbohydrate sources, trying not to get it from processed foods, you know, saturated fats, et cetera. Um, so really trying to maximize the nutritional value from the food that you're getting is kind of one of the biggest things. And then on top of that, uh, what you're doing in the gym um, can be important too. I don't know if you've kind of seen this, but for me, a lot of people come in and they think, okay, if I want to lose abdominal fat, I'm going to have to do a ton of crunches, for example. They think I'm going to burn uh, fat around the area of muscles that I'm working, and I hate to say it, social media is definitely uh, reporting that, but that's not the case. Um, you're going to burn fat all over your body, um, again, where you're burning and how much you're burning kind of depends a little bit on your genetics. But in terms of from your exercise perspective, the more muscle mass that you're working at any given point in time is going to kind of increase that burn. So doing more compound lifts, more multi-joint movements, more uh, different kind of muscle groups all working together is going to give you that much better of an effect kind of burning fat around your body 
than doing kind of isolation ab exercises or kind of isolation bicep curls, you name it. Um, so in my mind, if you're really looking to kind of target your core on top of that, you might as well do movements that are kind of functional in nature and actually uh, are kind of the main purpose of what that core is supposed to be doing, which is core stabilization. Like I was talking about before with the push-up, you really want your core to be able to stabilize the spine. So doing things like carries, suitcase carries, planks, side planks, you name it, would be that much more advantageous for you in terms of your overall functionality than doing crunches and will kind of help you develop abdominal strength while you're kind of eating well and doing your bigger lifts in the gym to get that six pack. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. Um, I think just one thing to add on too, it's important to have a conversation with a client um, in terms of like why they, they set that goal and understanding like what the trade-offs are to get there. So some mm-hmm. people may like want that goal, but like un- if they understand the amount like for their genetics they actually need to do and the trade-offs they would need to make to a certain degree with the rest of their life, like sometimes it, it is useful to have a conversation about like why that is their goal. Um, and if that is really the best goal for them, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're in grad school and working several jobs and it's like they're just not going to have the time and dedication to, to do all the things they need to. So um, You bet, yeah. Important, an important conversation to so you don't get into um, kind of a lot of other issues in terms of yeah definitely I think that's a great point and yeah. Really, yeah absolutely yeah when it comes to uh, that it's always good to kind of walk a client through exactly what their goals are going to entail because you're you're totally right like eating well is going to be expensive it's going to be difficult cooking for yourself is challenging at times and it might not be feasible the other thing, too, you might love having, you know, a couple glasses of wine every now and then and not ready to kind of cut that out, and that's okay. I think you just need to be able to be okay with the decisions you're making and more informed about um, them in general and then that much more able to kind of make that choice. But you're right. Um, you could eat kind of as clean as you want, go to the gym and get a six-pack, but you could be terribly unhappy outside of that because um, you're sacrificing all of the things that you care about more, and that's that's not good at all. So, right, right, and I think a lot of that is as well. Need to talk about like comparison culture, and if mm-hmm. people are saying, "Oh, I want that fitness model six pack," and it, it's the end of like a several month cut where they pose and there's a little bit of Photoshop on the pictures and things like that, or yeah. models, um, and they might want that physique, but um, it's a whole different lifestyle that they don't even live all year. It's only just to get ready for a photo shoot or for a particular time. Exactly, yeah. They peak at a particular time, and just like you said, like Photoshop is rampant on social media as well. And Yeah, I think uh, reframing what's realistic and uh, is, is important too because, yeah, we definitely get into that, oh, my God, like look at their abs, like how do I get those? And uh, I think there's a lot of things misleading out there. Um, so that's really important to kind of change your conception. Yeah, definitely, like, just uh, focusing on progress and getting better um, and celebrating, like, those little victories is huge in terms of building mm-hmm. up that self-confidence. Um, definitely. And not attaching worse to their goal. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, bonus, bonus question. Go ahead. Sorry. You, you want to no, I was, I was gonna. That? Yeah, I was just going to say, too, focusing on kind of the – the things day by day, just like you were saying, those kind of little victories. And if it really is one of their goals, uh, you know, 
it's one of those things that they're probably going to have to pursue for quite a while, and that's another kind of component of talking with your client is if you, like we were talking about, wanting to get kind of build muscle, it takes quite a while to build muscle and to kind of build that six-pack. So these are not things that are going to happen overnight. Uh, it's going to be months and months of kind of dedication to it, and I think realizing that going into it is going to help a lot um, for them to have that kind of motivation in the short term and the long term. So. Yeah, but you were saying bonus questions. Oh yeah, bonus questions. So all right, um, is there such thing as perfect posture? Is there such a thing as perfect posture? Oh man, I get asked that a lot too. These are some good questions. Um, so I, I think it depends kind of on the context you're talking about, and I'm going to say no. There's definitely not such a thing as perfect posture. Especially in your daily life, if you're kind of uh, walking around, moving around in your daily life, that's the key. Staying active, staying moving, your body doesn't really like to be in a prolonged posture, no matter what kind of posture it is for a prolonged period of time. So whether that's kind of sitting down or standing at attention, uh, your body's going to let you know that it's getting achy, your nervous system's not going to be happy about being in that fixed position. So trying to stay moving throughout the day rather than sitting for a long prolonged period of time or standing for a prolonged period of time, et cetera, is kind of the key. When it comes to lifting, when it comes to kind of lifting things that are heavy, there's definitely better ways of organize, organizing your body and making sure that kind of, um, you know, for example, lift with a flat back, for example, that's a good rule of thumb to have and certainly something that's important. I think that's why personal trainers uh, have a very strong role in terms of teaching people exercise and that form really does matter when it comes to doing heavier lifts and minimizing injury uh, and making sure that you're targeting kind of the muscle groups that you really want to target. Uh, but in terms of kind of your day-to-day -day life, when you're not lifting super heavy things, no, you should be able to kind of bend your spine when you go to pick up a pen from the ground. You don't need to do a perfect hip hinge with a flat back to pick up something that weighs less than an ounce. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, your body is meant to move. You're meant to have kind of that full range of motion, and the more that you're using it, the, the better in life. Uh, when it comes to the gym, absolutely, there's kind of good posture to, to have, but there's, there's certainly nothing that's perfect for everyone. Uh, everyone's going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to assume a slightly different posture. Everyone's going to have slightly different kind of joint mechanics and limitations and making sure that uh, you kind of have individualized um, setups for every client is important, too. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. Um, for sure. Actually, one thing that just popped in my head, but on the uh, in terms of like being in one bad position all day, um, just kind of throw this out there. But Kelly Surrett, um, who wrote a book called The Supple, Supple Leopard, he has a, a nonprofit called Stand Up Kids or Stand Up for Kids. I think it's just Stand Up Kids. But it's getting like standing desks for kids in schools, and it's incredible mm -hmm. like, the results they have on productivity and happiness and uh i mean it's crazy in terms of childhood obesity and all these other problems so um yeah i mean i can tell you, yeah definitely i can tell you from personal experience yes. after being in a, a sedentary kind of career like a nine to five where i was sitting for you know 90 percent of that time uh you know my my back would hurt i was a lot more tired and, and now that i'm a personal trainer and on my feet almost all day showing people exercise like have more energy in general I feel good 
Um, I mean, they've demonstrated that sitting for prolonged periods is kind of going to inactivate your glute muscles. Um, so kind of making sure that you're really taking care of getting up, moving around, making sure everything's activated, making sure that you're not kind of in those prolonged positions because, yeah, that will definitely kill some of your energy, kill some of, you know, your uh, your mood, you name it. Uh, I definitely felt the wear and tear from being in that sedentary lifestyle, which is all too common in, in our culture today with uh, all the screens that we have to use kind of day in and day out. So making sure we get out of that when we can, you know, look away from our phone for a little bit, check our posture while we're looking at our phone as our neck kind of forward and held in that position. Are we chin talking? You name it. Things like that are, are good to kind of check in from time to time and make sure that we're, we're moving because that's definitely a big issue. So that's awesome that they're, they got standing desk. I wish, <laughs> I wish school had that, honestly. Yeah. It's anyway, I can, uh, yeah, I can put, put that out, but, um, definitely for sure. Sweet. So then, yeah, we'll finish up, uh, one question, um, off the top of your head. Um, doesn't have to be related to fitness, but, uh, if you had magic wand or, you, you know, one wish type of thing, you could change one thing in the world. Um, just one thing, but absolutely anything. Uh, what would it be and why? That is a good question. Um, I would, honestly, I'd probably make it so that people would earn more money without having to work the ridiculous hours that they do so that they had more time to kind of uh, live and experience life, if that makes sense. I feel like we spend a very limited amount of time, especially in this country, on vacation and we're always pressured, okay, this vacation's got to be epic, like this is all I've got and then I'm going to work 50 weeks pretty much straight and I don't know about you, but I work six days a week and then on my seventh day I study for class, uh, so I pretty much work seven days a week and I love what I do, but at the same time I think it takes away from your ability to just be a human being, socialize, take time for yourself see the world, you name it. Uh, so in my mind, it, it doesn't really have to do too much with fitness, but I, I would love to see the ability for us to kind of somehow be able to afford living while at the same time maximize a little bit more time for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. For sure. Sweet. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. No, this was fun. That, uh, I think that wraps us up. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. So we'll uh, we'll get this out there. The uh, first right, sounds great. I hope that of, uh, Golden Home Fitness Radio. Perfect. Hope there are many more. Hope I was able to help you guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, do you want uh, do you want like uh, your contact info or social media or anything? Sure. Yeah. Show notes. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that? Uh, I'll I'll send you that, and you can kind of put that out in case people have questions. Um, be more than happy to help people out. Cool, sweet, sounds good. All right. Thank you. You're quite welcome, Will. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Take care. All right. You too.